Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. This is the off-season. We are up here in the loft. It is a dreary, cold, ugly February 29th. How about that? Uh, we get an extra day in February. Yeah, we're, it's, a, it's a leap pod. It's a leap pod. The leap pod. And so we're going to be talking about some off-season stuff that has been of interest. I'm Steve. I'm Connor. Lucas. Jay. So, guys, um, the over-under came out for OU and their debut season in the SEC, and it was a shocking 7-5. and five. I say shocking because I think it really struck a lot of people as, as fairly shocking. We had a poll about it. What do you guys think about that? Um, my question is, what is the market pricing in to justify 7-5? and five? Um, What... What does it take to make seven and five a good over/under number for the for the regular season uh, win losses? You guys believers in it? You sounds legit to me. Sounds tough schedule to you. Tough schedule, you say? Okay. Yeah. I would have put it. A, I would have put it closer to to eight and a half, maybe like at you know eight point four three or something like that. No, I think uh, <laughs> I, I would have put it a full a full win higher in my opinion. I think. Again, I think a lot of the the hype around what some of these other programs did uh, postseason and the and the portal between Missouri and, and Ole Miss, and then you know somehow Dylan Gabriel's exit uh, is a catastrophic loss, uh, and the Jackson Arnold uh, stepping in is a massive hurdle to overcome, um, at least from a national narrative perspective, um, which obviously we've talked about it. There's going to be some growing pains, but uh, I, I would say from what we retained on the defensive side of the ball uh, and some of the core skill positions that we maintained some some players at, uh, I would I would think eight and a half would be closer to what I thought. So, uh, again, maybe homerism coming out there, but that's where I would have put the line. What would you think, Jay? I don't think it's terrible. I, I can see where Connor's going with this. Um, what I don't like about it, and this maybe this is hedging some, Man, if it does come to fruition that it is a seven and five season, there's going to be so many people that are going to be on that side of it that that were like, "Oh, I knew that was I knew the it was a perfect perfect line from Vegas," and mm-hmm. OU's not any good. And mm-hmm. I just I think the margin's really small. I mean, I think the difference between seven and ten wins is very very small. So I I honestly don't know way which way to lean. It's probably the same thing with a lot of SEC teams, though, right? Like, like an Ole Miss last year. Like uh, they won, they won ten games last year, right? Or yeah. nine? Yeah, ten. Uh, ten. So, I mean, that's a yeah. Regardless, nine or ten for Ole Miss in the SEC is a, a good mm-hmm. a good marker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think our margin is as big as theirs. Like I probably look at them top to bottom last year in the games they played in, and they were. X amount of points away from a six or seven win season and ended up with ten. Wins. I mean, was Bama's was there's nine and a half this line. year? Yeah. Oh, is it really? I think it's nine and a half. I'll take the under on that. Yeah, that's. But I mean, for to think about, they haven't necessarily lost a whole bunch, right? I mean, they lost Tech Saban. They've you lost a lot. They've lost but, a lot of people. But personnel wise, it's still Alabama. They still have probably the most talented roster still mm-hmm. in college football. And so for them to only have a nine and a half that's over under, that's pretty low. I don't think that it, it is low, but I don't think that's really true. They I think they, a lot. they may have a top 
10 rostered. Right. Five, five or 10. I mean, Georgia. Uh, Georgia and Bama have Ohio State. Texas. Uh, Texas. I mean, I, I think. I bet they're not even close composite wise. I bet Bama's still number one or two. Thanks well, so. I, I don't know. We could look. I ran those numbers and they weren't that high. And that was before the, the exodus. Uh, and, and we'll have to look at PFF. And, but they've, and never been, other... they've never been under under two. Yeah, but they, had, last a, five but they had a huge exodus of people. So not just the graduation. They're, even though they had a pretty good, a very good recruiting class, they've had an exodus of experienced people that have, have left the program. Like it was a, a significant number. I can't remember. We mentioned it on the pod last time. So I, I don't know. I think Alabama has, looks to be a lot weaker than what they've been. Now they're still going to be probably extremely good. We did a poll and the audience said that. Um, we gave them four choices. Five percent said that the over/under should have been less than seven and a half. Twenty-three percent agreed with seven and a half. Thirty-two percent said Connor's eight and a half, and the the plurality forty percent said greater than eight and a half. Now there's some uh, Homer bias going on. Maybe maybe um, I can't remember how I answered this actually. Um, but as you look at that schedule, what is so terrifying about that schedule? What can be priced in to make it? seem like we're for sure not able to get the requisite eight or nine wins to get to this point. I mean, Auburn was an average football team last year. Um, Tennessee was not great. Uh, South Carolina, not great. So, and they've lost... It, they, lost they lost, lost the, the, yeah, a core. I mean, if South Carolina has Davis Bevel taking snaps yeah. back there next year, I mean... So I, I look at it like, are they assuming we're just... Uh, Granted, going to have a bad offensive line, which the internal scoop is that we're they don't feel like we've got a bad offensive line. What other position group is is suffering? Whatever, what other position group is not going to be as good or better than what we saw last year? Are they banking on Jackson Arnold having a really struggling bad first year? Well, I mean, it, that is completely up in the air. I mean, nationally, if they watch the Arizona game, they could come away saying, "Oh, this guy had four interceptions and a fumble." Like he also lit it up. Uh, down the field and had no offensive line. I mean, I think to, we all know how we. I was there. I recall, but I'm saying nationally, they just they just picked and choose and looked at stats. So it's a bad number. I mean, well, and I think I think a lot of it plays into the fact that we are coming into a conference with a team that just made the college football playoff as well, and it's very easy to weigh those those two. Things. Not on the schedule. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. Texas, Texas. Yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, Texas yeah, I'm Texas, sorry. Yeah. Texas. What I'm saying, but it's it. You you measure those two things up against each right. other, right? Right. And you have a team that lost to Arizona and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then you have a team that was a play away from going to the national title game, and who is retaining a quarterback and all these all these things. And it's like, well, obviously Texas is the one we're going to take, and Oklahoma is going to be at the massive disadvantage. And I think it kind of extends that message that not only is Oklahoma going to be the lesser of the two teams coming in, but we're also going to give them less wins in that in that category as well so i mean to me it looks like they have to be assuming we're going to regress where we certainly made a leap from year one to year two like a big leap and i mean we were pissed because that leap wasn't in just a few points and a few plays short of being a a leap getting us into the playoffs Mm -hmm. get definitely getting us into the championship at least in the the conference conference championship game and against a team we beat already um, so are we going to regress or is everyone else in the, in the SEC going to get better and we're going to stagnate? 
I don't, I don't see why that would necessarily be the case. So to me, it doesn't seem like a very fair number. It looks like they are looking at things like the Arizona game. They're looking at the fact that you lose your quarterback and not giving us any credit for replacing that quarterback with someone who is definitely more talented, maybe not experienced talented yet. But by game four or five, is he not going to be just as good as where we left off last year? All in all, I don't know. I I have I, I'm pretty optimistic that we will be. I mean, you can look at the same lens of of what the what this very way too early line is in the the Red River Red River rivalry game as well. They got a OU as ten and a half point dogs to open. I mean, it, it, I think that speaks as much as loudly as anything as to what they think Texas is mm-hmm. going to be and what they think Oklahoma is going to be. And they're not paying attention, I think, to what Texas lost. I yeah. mean, Texas has lost a lot. Uh, what they retain is not their core strength necessarily either. So um, they lost. Besides Ewers, they lost every starting skill position player. Yeah. They yeah. lost their best. Their they best defensive best line. Defensive yeah. Tackles. yeah, two. Their best two defensive linemen. And, and, and a couple other spots. And retained what on defense, I'm going to call a just an above-average quarterback yep. with with a really low ceiling. And uh, so I don't know. I, I don't see it. We'll see. It, it'll be something that'll be interesting for, as it develops through the season, it'll be interesting to put some money on it. Um, I'm definitely going to put some money on the over on that. I, yeah. I like it. I do too. So we'll get, obviously, when we get into August in the in the the over-unders come out for everybody, and we'll be talking about all that. It'll be interesting to see if it moves between now and then as things materialize, um, as as that season and stuff fades, and then we get into the hype of the upcoming season. I, I imagine that it'll move more towards a um, an eight-win type of uh, situation, but we'll see. So let's transition to the news of really the off season, which has been the playoff structure and, and how it's changed and trying to solidify into this 12-team structure for at least a couple of years. Um, so I I did a poll, and, and the question was, will the 12-team playoff structure be good, bad, or neutral for OU? What did you guys say? Do you remember what you answered, how you answered that one? Well, I think I put good. Just because, the, I mean, more opportunity. Yeah, I said good as well, and for the same reason. I mean, if that you you start taking a look at some of these teams who have made the playoffs in the past few years, and you know the one or two games that OU always seems to have or fall short, um, the fact that we could still have an opportunity in the SEC to get in in those situations mm-hmm. is a good thing. Well, I mean, I think right. the way in the nice. two ways to look at it. The way the schedule is this year, for as tough as it is, or at least it appears to be, and everyone's going to perceive it to be preseason, which holds a lot of weight, whether or not it really comes to fruition throughout the year, yep. the the perception early on is stick with people. Well, it's SEC bias. And, sure. I mean, a 9-3 and three can legitimately get you into the playoffs yes. with uh, our schedule. It actually might be hard not to make the playoffs yeah. at 9-3. and three. With our schedule. Yeah, with our I think other 9-3 and three SEC teams oh, yeah. might not make it. Correct. But I think with what we have, right. a 9-3 and three would make it. I mean, you can look at it in two ways. Yes, you'll have more opportunity, and it will be easier, quote-unquote, to get into the 12-team playoff because there's more teams. But then it will be harder to win it all. Right. So you've right. got to balance that on you know, the old way of four. You only had to win the two games right. to win it in the whole thing. Right. Now, you- now, now, if you don't get a bye, you're looking at what four games to win it all mm-hmm. that's a heck of a lot tougher in the overall especially with yeah. the, the team that you would face where you know this year if we say we got in this year 
over Washington, let's say. Well, you know, Texas was a, a fluky type team to, to make it, in my opinion. <clears throat> Georgia got left out, which they could have very easily got in. And then you had Michigan and... Um, I think it's Alabama. Yeah, Bama backdoored it and Texas backdoored it, in my opinion. Um, but a year like this year, for o, if OU would have had one of their classic teams, uh-huh. would have had a very good chance of oh, winning the whole thing. Absolutely. Whereas um, you get one of those teams in a 12-team playoff, and it's just that much harder because the, the cream rises to the top. Well, the 12-team playoff would have included Georgia. Among yeah. others, it would have included Ohio State. It would have included a lot of teams we know are very talented. Ole Miss, Missouri. Well, and it's one of those yeah. things too, where a lot of Oregon. these teams too, where you, obviously you're playing for a conference championship and you're wanting to win that and have that prestige. But if you're a if you're a two loss team that doesn't get into a conference championship behind a one loss team, like a a two loss Oklahoma that doesn't get in behind a one loss Texas to a conference championship, you're like, man, I'm more than likely going to make the playoff and I get an extra week off. I don't have to play an extra game before I get there. Yeah, your seed is not going to be as good or anything else, but you don't have to go through that grind as well. That's I mean, why it's going to be really interesting. That's why the information or the news today was they're trying to make that so important okay. so that you're rewarded if, if you, you win your conference championship. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that was the intent. That's the only thing I'll say to justify the idea that the buys go to the conference champions. I'll come back to that in just a second. I don't like that in general, but I do understand it from the standpoint of strengthening and encouraging conference title games to continue to occur. I answered the poll that I thought it was good, but if I had a chance to offer more context to it, I would have said good for now, neutral in the long run. It should be neutral in the long run, if not bad, you hope it's for, the, for the reasons that or Lucas says. We hope to be back to being a premier team that's always there as a top four. Therefore, we don't want 12 teams to be in there probably. Yeah. The only advantage that might bring is if you get the bye and, and things work your way, if there are some upsets, maybe you have an easier path just because of how it kind of plays out. You know, 12 beats five or something like right, that. Right, something crazy. Yeah. But you can't count on that. So by and large, you Oklahoma should expect to be in a position going forward at some point where that is actually a negative for them. How many times did we need or would we have wanted this deep of a playoff? Well, I think almost never. Um, never were we in the 10th spot, 12th spot, eight, you know, ninth spot, and we thought we deserved a, sh- a shot for the national title. So it, it, it probably in the long run is bad for the in, the in the immediate next couple of years. It's probably good. Um so let's talk about, though, the buy game situation as it is right now. So it is a 5-7 um, format where there's five guaranteed spots for the top five conference champions, hi- highest ranked conference champions. What I don't like about that is, and I bet you could go back and find years where it actually played out this way, there would be some, at least in that fifth spot, some pretty bad conference champions getting a bye. Not a top five team by any means. Or a top four team, I should say, because it's only four that gets a bye. Yeah, and they might not be a top four. They might have only been the fifth team. But getting the automatic bid is is bad if you're a 12th team, and that could happen. Getting a bye if you're the seventh team 
that's pretty bad for the teams that are above you that aren't going to get a buy. Um, I mean, in that world, a fourth-ranked team is not going to get a buy, and that's pretty bad. But I do get it from the standpoint of it strengthens conference championships and encourages teams to – because if you're looking at – if you're sitting there, if you're 12-0, let's say you're 12-0 Georgia, and you're looking at the conference championship, and you're saying, well, wait a second, why do I bother playing it? We're in. We're in the – why would I risk anything? And so you might just put out a bunch of um, second stringers to play that game. But if you can play for a buy game, by all means, you're going to give it your all to get that buy game because that's going to be hugely important. I don't care who you're playing. You don't, you want to avoid that game if you can. Yep. So I, I, get the, I get it from that standpoint. I don't like the home field advantage setup, though, from the same standpoint. That really bugs me because I could see you're a, a team that gets a buy and you get an upset and so, so let's see the um, one through. Let's say let's assume one through four get buys, and then um, five, six, seven, eight are going to play the next four. Well, what if the fifth team, who I, who I presume is playing the twelfth team, what if the twelfth team wins, and the so then the then the number one team I guess plays the twelfth team, um, and they have to go play them wherever they don't. But the venue's already set, and the venue's already set. Yeah. They don't get a buy, they don't get a home field. Um, that if if they play the fifth team who win, if the fifth team wins and they play them, they already had the virtue of a home field advantage, and now they're playing wherever. It could even be worse than you're playing a twelfth team. That twelfth team we were talking about earlier, it could have been. It would be Texas a one a. seed versus a one seed versus a six or seven, right? Would be how it is. Uh, I don't know. Well, whatever it happens yeah, to break reg- out, but regardless, it, yeah, regardless. So I don't know what it would be. If I don't know if the one would play the five twelve winner or play the eight nine or whatever. Six, yeah, six seven. I think is how it would break out. Okay, because five five would play, five would play twelve. Would it be the eight? Why would it be the the eight nine? Eight and nine would play each other. Eight. So five five twelve six eleven seven seven ten seven ten eight nine. So anyway, regardless, it could be that you're playing a, a team that's in the ninth eighth position who is a texas a&m playing in houston maybe that's where the bowl game is or miami and miami yeah miami and let's say you're ohio state and you're coming down to play them you know miami and miami and you're like wait a second well yeah we got the bye game but this team who's obviously everybody knows they're not as good as us we gotta go play them in their their back are deserving or it's deserving it's deserving yeah and so combination not as good not as deserving could be usc or you, you know, or UCLA playing in the Rose Bowl. So there's, a, I don't know about the the home field. I kind of like the idea of a home field for both the first and the second round. Well, that's right. what was um, not to get too off, but that's why Texas had it all in line for them this year, right? You know, Washington's a higher seed, better team. They have to go play Texas in New Orleans. In New Orleans, and then they go buy the venue in Houston for the championship. Yeah, so that I, I don't Same know. Scenario. So Washington fans are irritated yeah, about. But they went Texas on it. So I don't know. I I think that it's um, I could see it not being a done deal. But then again, I think a lot of this is not a done deal. I think that we're still going to see reason for a super conference to emerge. I mean, you can't not have the venues already in place, right? No. Yeah, you've got to. You got to have all that set up, all that lined up. Yeah, for literally years. Right. That's how they're scheduling it out now. Is yeah. Years down the line is this is who's this is who's hosting in 2028 type of thing. Yeah, and and you're gonna try to get. I mean, you're gonna. I mean, unless it's NFL style, 
I you just keep playing at the higher seats, higher seats place, place, and there. And what's appealing to me about that is you're going to get a fun atmosphere. Yeah, because if you're, going it's to a guaranteed, play, and you're going to get attendance. Yeah, you're going to get attendance, and attendance you want. Yes. you don't want to look at a game that's being played in in Arizona, and you've got two teams. Maybe it's I don't know. Um, pick two teams that probably aren't going to travel really good. They could be there, whatever, whatever it is. You know. No one's going to travel really good to that second game when they potentially have two more games to go. As a fan, you're not going to go to that. So the second game is in the Fiesta Bowl, and you're playing Michigan versus Miami again. Let's talk about two teams from far away. There's nobody going to be there except for people in Phoenix who don't care. And it'll rub a lot of people the wrong way, but it's like when you get to that type of format where it's home field advantage up until the actual national championship, just... Leave the bowl games for everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's you know it, it, it sucks. Like the no, but it these, a bit, but it puts teams in it, bigger bowls. It than does. It been in. And you can try and you can for fan bases that would be excited. Well, and you make it excited. you make it nit format, and you say like you know these are my new formatted New Year's New Year's Six bowls with uh, the the thirteenth best team in the nation and the the fourteenth best team type of thing. So I, it just I. I want team teams should get rewarded for making semifinals, and it's not. It and they should be rewarded with home field advantage, just like I mean, just like the NFL, yeah. in my opinion. You know, well, I don't think I don't want to go play a semifinal I mean, in the, Pasadena. If honestly, I though, I mean, what would the Cowboys NFL attendance if <laughs> if the Dallas yeah. Cowboys were were playing the Philadelphia Eagles in Atlanta? Right, like what? It'd be poor or in Vegas, but you know, it's like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And what's your reward for being the conference champion? Well, that's the thing. It's lining the pockets of people who are on these bowl committees and who are running the bowls. And at some point, that has to exhaust itself. Because you're going to have a hundred and ten percent attendance for home playoff games. Oh, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. The atmosphere is going to be phenomenal. Well, and for some of these stadiums, they'll be like, hey, like let's accommodate. We know, like for the Bamas and the Georgias of the world, it's like. We know we're going to be in the playoff. Let's make it a thing. Like this is going to be, this is going to be the experience you get if you come to Georgia for a playoff. And to go to go win on the road anytime is super exciting as a fan. If you go win a road playoff game, I mean the high would be just absolutely. So the other um, constituency that might be pushing hard for this, if they think about it, would be all the northern teams, especially Big Ten teams. The northern big team, not the USC. Come play in the cold because well, not just that. They're never going to get to play in their. There's no close there, nowhere close. So this is their only chance to to bring something close. And even if you said, okay, the weather might be bad. I mean, it's not going to be that bad. NFL plays and all this, but you could say we could play it in Indianapolis. We can do some other things, but we have a designated site, designated sites or something. But Detroit. But otherwise, they're traveling a long distance. And if you're in Ohio State or even worse in Michigan, and you're trying to go and play in these different places, well, you may be, I mean, even if you get the bye the first week, you may find yourself going to the Rose Bowl one week and then Miami Maybe the, the next. next week, and you, assuming you continue to win, that's going to be very difficult for your fan base and difficult for your players. That's a lot of travel for those players with just a week off in between. That's a big disadvantage. It's pretty detrimental, yeah. My idea would be to take the, you know, if we if we have to satisfy, and I really don't care about them, but the bowl group themselves, but especially if there is actually a fan base in, in, on TV and everywhere that wants to see it, plus what you're saying, Jay, about re- getting excited as a, as a 
a school that's not usually in those type of bowls to be to be there. Let's create another 12 or 16 team playoff, whatever it has to be, that rotates through the other bowls. So if we have the home field, home field that continues until the championship or the final four for the for the true champion, then it's the NIT format for everybody that's below that. And they're doing something else and they're rotating through those venues and they get to go to those places. Yep. That way everybody gets to continue to have this world they want to live in with these bowls and this weird legacy program that we've got. But we get something rational for the people that are actually pursuing a national championship. Yeah. There's so many options out there. And again, it's going to boil down to the what's my bottom, what's going to cash in my bottom line, the the highest. I, It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, the hard hard part. So the difference with the NFL format is they're not ranked, right? So it's just a a straight up win loss sets up who's first, second, third, fourth, fifth wild card, etc. So in college football, you're going to have that bias of okay, Georgia and Alabama are always one and two. So whoever wins is going to have to go through Athens Mm -hmm. to get a national championship over and over and over again. Right, so well, only if they're that good. I, I mean, know, but but I like usually I prefer that better to the the NFL schedule. And the NFL, the downside to the NFL is that you get you six get and seven teams winning six, divisions yeah, who are winning divisions. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah, I guess. But and you have you have a six and seven division winner who is hosting against a twelve and three or a you know let's just or whatever a wild card team who has four more wins than them. You know. Yeah, but for the most part, though. You know, the twelve and four teams have the path, right? And the, but oh. but the rankings, for the most part, I mean, as subjective as everyone wants to make it sound like, it has proven to be relatively sound in terms of just where things end up landing, especially in a twelve team and a twelve team landscape. Like you're going to see those those six teams, those top six or six or seven, maybe not even that many. You're going to be like, yeah, obviously it's this. And other than that, it's like, all right, like everything else kind of shuffles around. As long as you get that top half right, I think everyone's going to, it's going to fall into place. The rankings. Thank you. Exactly. I think it's better. I think it's, I think it's good. And it's, it should be more obvious uh, with this format. I don't know. Um, I think that you're right. If, if you get to a world where I think you're exactly right, Connor, but Jay, you, you have a point as well. When you talk about, Year in and year out, if you're always having to go through um, Tuscaloosa or Athens or Norman or whatever, there gets to be some, um, I don't know, it, it wears on the, the sport a little bit. Um, but it's it's hard to just, you know, I don't know, what do you do about that? Well, it's just, but it's just like, it's, it's a, it's the same argument at a different standpoint where you're like, all right, Bam, I guess it's, it's Bama or Georgia in the national title this year. Right. It's the same thing. And it, at some point, yeah, people still watch yeah, at some point, you know, the lake is going to turn over and there's going to be, there's going to be new folks that come to the top. Uh, well, honestly, say, that's Georgia. Yeah. They weren't always there. Right. And it, they haven't been, I mean, they, 2016 is when they really kind of started merging and mm-hmm. given that's been eight years ago. But, um, you know, who knows what's to say is going to come. Like Michigan is a, a newcomer who's been around for a couple of years who is going to fall off. But at some point with these conferences and the way they're lining up, you have chances to get some other some other names in there. Big names, but it's not going to be maybe your constant Georgia, Bama stuff every single year. You're going to have them, of course, every once in a while or 
consistently, but maybe not every year. So do you guys think that the 12-team playoff, as it's structured right now, with this 5-7 rule and all that, what does it do for the athletic directors like Castiglione in particular, when they're thinking about how they're going to fill out their schedule, how should they strategically do that, knowing that they've got a couple of different bogeys? One is, all else equal, you want the easiest path for your team to win. And at the same time, you want the most attractive games you can possibly put together. And those two things conflict, obviously. What do you think it enables them to do? Or does it constrain them to do one thing or the other? I think you have to, since schedules are already kind of locked in, I think you're going to have to just see how it affects the teams the next couple of years. Honestly. If if Texas goes to Michigan and loses and finishes 9-3 and three, but still makes the playoffs, well, that's, maybe that's not that big a deal um, to go to Michigan and lose. But if they go to Michigan and lose and finish 10-2 and two and then don't make the playoffs, well, then you're like, okay, well, that's mm-hmm. obviously this is not – there's no reason to go to go play Michigan. Right. I, I wish I, I wish we – yeah, I wish we would kind of carve out the instead of doing the beginning of the season because – which, again, like the, the Texas win against Bama went a long way last year. And obviously, like Bama goes to the playoff and everything. But even when Bama was not looking great, like that was still something that Texas fans could lash on. It'd be fun to do some of these bigger non-con games, and again, it's a very probably hot take, but like doing them mid-year, like when OU goes and plays Notre Dame in November, mm-hmm. that's a marquee matchup against two teams that have proved that they're freaking they're good. Yeah, and it's they're playing at the, they're playing at their highest level at that at that point. It's not these like because yeah, even a lot of people were saying, well, this Bama's different now. The, yeah, they're the figuring they're figuring themselves out. They don't know they don't know their quarterback or, is and all this stuff. Like, give me a give me a powerful non con game in week eight, and let me see these teams who have had the seven weeks before to develop. Um, I think that's could. I think that could be really good, but it could be high risk, high return. Yeah, and and high risk that that is low return. So recency bias in terms of well, if you lose it as well. Think about how many years that you had two teams that are big names that don't materialize. Yeah. In week three, you don't know that. In week seven or eight or nine, you know that. True. So the match, the matchup doesn't become as important. As, yeah. I mean, look at USC Notre Dame this past year. That was a, a very cool game for us to watch because it was Caleb Williams and USC getting blown up by Notre Dame. But both those teams were out of it at that point and clearly out of it. And it could have been one or the other that just was out of it. So I think that it, it kind of cuts both ways. I like the idea, r- rather than playing Mercer in, you know, week 11. To your question, though, I mean, to the to what it does to ADs, like, you have to hope that even the subjectiveness that I mentioned earlier with, with the rankings itself, like, even if, I don't know, I mean, if you do take the easiest path, like right now, like, as OU, all you need is the SEC. All you need is your right. SEC schedule and your resume with that. I don't need a win against Tulane. I don't need a win against Temple. I don't need a win against Maine, right? Like I can, I can literally live off of those games. Well, uh, and those are especially the Maine. Those are assumed wins, right? So you're not scheduling somebody eight years out that you have no idea if they happen to be good, like an Oklahoma State. Like eight years out, who who knows what Oklahoma State is yeah. going to be? And odds are they're going to be better 
than you expect and and much were much better than any notoriety they carry i think you i think you make it a point to go and you schedule you you go and you look and you say who are the who are the 12 teams this year who do you think the 12 teams are going to be let's pick a name and we're not schedule we're not going to try to schedule anybody outside of these 12 to 20 teams that we think are contenders because if it's between me if it's between an Oklahoma and a Florida to get in the playoff with the same record, and I, and Oklahoma has a win over an Oregon who's pushing for a playoff, and Florida has a win over an Iowa who is nine and three at the end of the year and and not really anywhere to be found in that in that race, then yeah, go schedule those games. I think I think there's incentive to do it. See, I think there's incentive to do it too, I, and that maybe just my hope because I want to see those big matchups. I could definitely see the idea of the the path of least resistance of let's schedule Maine three times and then we'll play our just our SEC schedule. But one, you're banking gonna, all you're banking all the wins. You're too, banking all yeah schedule. yeah and and you're and you're looking at it from you know quality losses yeah. and you're looking at it from the standpoint of the fans are going to say you're ignoring your fans who are going to say this is crap. Yeah. We need to have some well, reason see, I, to come I think the game. I, you know, ultimately they they'd have to get you know, four conferences with the same amount of teams in order to have um, like a crossover right. set up, right? But because I, I do think it would be... You don't think they could do it with two? Yeah, or any even number with the same amount of teams. Okay. But I think if you had an SEC Big 12, like next year was the year that the SEC and Big 12 played and the Big 10... And the ACC played. So what right. they do, yeah, all that they do in basketball, right? Like what they do in basketball, right? Right. If you did, if you could get something like that for football, I do think it's important because you're you're. There's no other way to know to judge a conference other than what we get to judge it off of. Right. Is non-con right? for sure because you can't say nine and three in the SEC is any better if the SEC teams aren't playing other teams around the country. Exactly. So and, there's and no and way the to gauge it. are just horrible. Yeah, so there's no way to gauge it. Well, I look at it. That, so I, ultimately, that would be, for me, as a college football fan, the best part is if you you, you played four teams, you know, your lower four from however the rankings ended last year played their lower four mm-hmm. and so forth and so forth. That would be awesome. I think that'd be a... I think that'd be really cool. I don't know if they'll ever go to something that's that dynamic. Now they schedule, you know, years and years and decades in advance. Um, I could see it being very barbelled. And here's my, again, back to my optimism of how I'd like to see it done. I'd like to see us play. I I actually think it'll get evolved to super conferences and we'll actually cut the bottom third to bottom half of the current Division One FBS group out, but until we get to that point, where then you can really, you're just the schedules are going to be amazing. Every game is going to be amazing, like the NFL. But until you get to that point, I think you've got to kind of barbell it, and you either play someone who's absolutely an automatic win, or you play somebody who is a big time, not just notoriety. It is obviously a matchup that's going to be one of the best games on TV that week. That way you get two avenues to get into the playoffs. One is you're you're good enough in your conference plus your non-conference record gets you in. Or you lose those non-conference games and you get a lot of credit for losing to very good teams and you did really well in your conference. And so either way, a team like OU in a tough conference like the SEC has a couple of avenues to get in. 
if you were in one of the lesser conferences, that becomes difficult. I don't know. Because if you are, um, back to using OSU as an example, if you're trying to get into the playoffs, I don't know if you can afford to play very good teams. No, you need as many wins as you can You need get. all the wins because you have no, you don't know for sure. You don't want to be in a position where you have to win your conference. Your leverage is you a lot lower. The team who yep. can maybe get in and lose the conference title game and still get in or something, which would be possible but odd, but still possible if you're a 12 and 1, even though three or four of those games were against nobodies. So I think that it's it's going to be really interesting. I think you're right, Jay. It's going to probably play out where uh, we see how it it plays out. It's going to turn on some just random uh, wins and losses. I see. I, I see a lot of ads looking at whatever the example team is that got in or didn't get in, and saying we are emulating that or we are avoiding that, and that could be just what happened to happen that one week, that one time, and it's not a great sample. But they're going to use it as their examples their, of yeah, what they template. do going yeah. forward. That's the template. So I hope it's I hope it's good as a college football fan. I hope it's. I mean, good. I don't know why you know why these have to be scheduled so many years. Yeah, ago. that's what I, 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 I don't think the original reason for that. I don't think it's difficult. Why was it? You know, it's going to just be money, right? I think I think in 2012 we knew that in 2022 we were going here, in 2024 we were going. But there's probably there's probably a reason you haven't seen a lot of that. I mean, obviously with realignment and everything else, but. We haven't seen an announcement of OU playing anybody in mm. two years. That's true. Like our last big yeah. announcement was Clemson, and that was, I, I mean, quite literally two or three years ago. 20, and that's 2030 or something, yeah. 2031. So, I mean, you're not, I don't think you're, I think the days of seeing these far out in advance because of exactly what we're talking about. Maybe so. Is, well, because we've lost a bunch done. of games too. We've lost yeah. Georgia. The, the Georgia series, Tennessee. the LSU series, the Tennessee series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's three series right there that we've lost, and in years in the past, back half of this decade, years and years past, losing that would mean you'd have to go out and go find go somebody. find a big big you'd market. Want to replace it with somebody? You wouldn't want to wait around, right? But I th- man, that's good. Well, they don't know if they're going to have you know how many. It's going to be super conferences you know. by then anyway. Probably could be, could be, and you you don't want to schedule. You don't want to lock somebody up who's not in one of the super conferences. Exactly. You don't want because it doesn't matter. It's, yeah, or the you have to buy them out. Yeah, or, or yeah, or, or you risk a lot, or you or you lock someone up who's a good team that's not in a super conference, and you risk losing the game. Yeah, a lot of lock yeah, up OSU on the cost. If we had Washington yeah. State or Oregon State on the schedule at this point, you're like, oh crap! Now we've got essentially a Division two team lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they're playing Mountain West this year. Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, I think. Well, they're What's doing they're like all the money. They're playing like <laughs> I think they're playing like five or six in the automatic wins. Yeah. yeah. And they're still Are they, do they get that as their schedule? No, I don't okay. think they did. I was yeah. no way. I don't think they. I think they negotiated that out of that deal. That that was that would have been ridiculous. No, I, I don't know. None of us really care, but uh, this puts Notre Dame in a pickle. It definitely does. It 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 more and more as every which is deserving thing happens. Deserving, it yeah. Is join a conference? They yeah, exactly. But they're going to have to join. They a are. They're going to have to. They're going to have to. It the everybody they literally have their pickup conference. And what's funny is they're it's probably like anybody they're, would take them. They're yeah, gonna have exactly. to show up to the Big Ten's doorstep and and because this automatically because puts, this automatically makes Notre Dame have to win four games, right? Or three. What do you mean to win a national title? Oh yeah, because they're never gonna get. They're never gonna because they're not gonna get a. They'll never get the box. Yeah, yeah they'll yeah. never get the box. No, they're not automatic qualifiers. There's no way. There's just. I mean, I mean, I guess if they were. 
Yeah, they would. No, because you have to be a conference champion. Conference champion. You have to be a conference champion. So yeah, you just it's. You, you have to be a conference champion to get a buy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you would. <laughs> yeah, so no, it, let me just do. Even if they, even if they are seventy-five percent likely to win that first game, eighty percent likely to win the first playoff. They still game, have to play. Enormous assumption. What a hit to their chances of winning a, yeah. a title. They've got to join a conference. They absolutely have to join a conference. Well, yeah, and, and if they don't see that, like, and that's what's crazy. I mean, it's clear to us where this mm-hmm. is moving towards mm-hmm. and the the landscape that we're headed towards. What, what, what is so wrong with T? Like, just play football only. Like, leave everything else. Yeah, they've already done that. They've already done that, Their basketball they're 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 conference, the everything. East. Yeah. It just makes no sense to not, it just seems so easy. They're greedy. It's NBC. I think they're greedy, and they. I think it's Notre Dame. I think they're. Well, it's Notre Dame. Yeah, they're it's... arrogant and greedy about it, and they don't. They won't want to wake up to the real world of where it is, and just. I don't know. They're asleep at the wheel here. It's it. They they like Lucas said. They have their pick right now, but if they wait long enough, there's a chance they're not included. If they go several years with not being in it, and things change. There may not be room for them. I know they've got a great fan base, but there's a lot of big fan bases out there. Um, they there'll be some be massive. Relevant. There'll be some massive turmoil. But more likely, yeah. they have they don't get to be a, be- a, a, a chooser. They have to be a beggar, mm-hmm. and they get maybe the second of what they want in terms of their. They offerings. already do that with their offerings plates. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you one thing that was funny. I don't think we talked about it um, yet, but I just realized for the first time. Uh, that Nick Saban is a devout Catholic. I I didn't know that. He goes to Mass before games. Yeah. Went before games. How did Notre Dame miss that? Wow. Can you imagine Nick Saban in South Bend? I mean, they did hire a guy. That was marbles. I mean, he wouldn't, I don't know that he would have done it well because of the academic issues. That the, I mean, he might, yeah, no, I think it's, a it's tougher to get kids to wouldn't go have there. done as well. Just because of regression to the mean, he would have had a and really he wouldn't have been recruiting from the hotbed of. But Ohio he would have had a really, really strong influence on Ohio and Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, yeah, like those Northeast kids. I mean, Ohio the Northeast State. would have been really, really, really. Crazy. Yeah, but the academic requirements are harder there than a lot of those schools that they compete against. Yeah, I don't know if they're any harder than Ohio State, though. I don't. And they already get good athletes. Like they're, I mean, it's not like Notre Dame's a right. Yeah, well, you know, Brian. Do they though? In the Brian last Kelly, twenty years have they? Brian Kelly. I don't just have. left. Notre they played Dame two national championships to go to LSU. One national championship tells you a little bit more about Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't they know. never made a. Well, they made a couple playoffs. Yeah, they did make a couple. One, uh, one playoff. Who? Do you play Notre Dame? Two. Yeah. Notre Dame has been pummeled. In the I don't think they've made. More than one playoff, two playoffs. Yep, they they got. I don't know if they drilled by Alabama. Have they scored in Clemson? Be by Clemson. Be by Clemson. I I don't know if they scored. I think I'm not. I'm not sure they scored in a playoff. I think they scored a touchdown. They did. Yeah. (laughs) If 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 so, it was barely. No, then they scored like the opening touchdown, and then they didn't score thereafter or something against Clemson. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, I'm not saying they've had this just immaculate run of success, but it's. It's Notre Dame. I've always said that they are skirting um, and risking just going down to a lower tier and never recovering. And I think they've been lucky with those two playoff appearances and so many things have have broken their way. It didn't have to be that way. And it 
still wasn't great. I don't think you could interview the average Notre Dame fan and say, yeah, we've accomplished all our goals because their goals would have to be win national titles. What else, you know, and all the other acclaim, they don't get conference titles. We hang our hat on conference titles that we haven't won a national title forever. They don't even have that. No, so, they don't. Uh, they, uh, yeah, I guess the next best thing is just an appearance. Their dysfunction, I don't know. It could, um, it could just continue for a while, but they need to get on board or they're going to be at uh, kind of the back of the bus type of situation. It's getting there. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. We got the rumors and talk about a 14-team playoff structure and uh, extra buy games for the two super conferences to to be the SEC and the Big Ten. It's definitely a moving target. A lot of, of things evolving here. Um, it If OU plays their cards right, they need to be thinking about how they're always going to be positioned. I guess that's the other aspect of why you might play an easy schedule is if you're in the playoff every year, it's kind of like, well, we're just warming up until we get into the playoff, and we want to be healthy for the playoff. And so we don't want to go through 12 rigorous, crazy games to get then have a conference title to then have playoff games to play in. I don't know. So I, I haven't heard down. anyone talk about this at all, but with the addition of how many games teams might play now, I'm surprised that the scholarship limit has stayed at 85. Hmm. That's interesting. Say, thinking it needs to go up, yeah, so that we get for health, for for safety, yeah, for player safety, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're playing a lot more games than you played 15 years ago, right? Oh, yeah. And then the scholarship numbers haven't changed. That's a great point. That's very interesting. And I've heard, I've heard, I've heard no one it. talk about. No it. one ever talks about that. Now teams are skirting around it with preferred preferred walk-ons, where you have yeah legit three-star players f- slash four-star players as your walk-ons. But they're doing that out of just because we can now with NIL stuff. And the roster's in still general, that big, yeah. In general, I mean, you have 16, 17, 18-game seasons, I mean. Well, yeah, just, I mean, look back as far as 2000 and OU wins 13, you know, and that was a big number. And then it was not too long before that that 12 was the number. And so, yeah, and that was still in the 85 era. And so now we are looking at, where not just one or two teams are going to play that many games, but now with a playoff like this, you're talking about quite a few teams that are going to play at least 13 games, 14 games, 15 games. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's an interesting point. Super conferences could bring that about too. They could say, you know what, we're going to up that to 95. And so, I mean, what is it? What's that? You know, you'll have the lower teams that are probably have a problem with it, right? Like. Mm-hmm. That don't have all the money, or yeah, the, well, we can't the, afford five more scholarships. The players. nine through twelve seasons, or something like that. No, I mean like the, you know, oh, just a group of five, five. Texas, yeah. Texas of the world, whoever, right? Or someone like, well, we can't afford ten more scholarship players, which they could definitely afford ten more. But you, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Though, I, yeah, they're, that's they're what they'll come up with, taken away from them. But yeah, or that's going to happen. Just going to be afraid that, yeah, yeah, Texas Tech can have ten more players, which is great, but they're not going to be ten more good players, right? <laughs> Alabama's OU's are going to get just even more high-end talent, right? You're going to stockpile. Which is probably going to happen either way. That was always the argument about why to go to 85, but um, those of us like myself who understand cartel theory knew that it was actually the Ohio States and the Alabamas of the world that wanted the 85 limit because they knew they could get the top 85 and it would hurt a team that was trying to emerge and trying to build a roster who could never get there. Now you get the flip problem 
of they could use it to their advantage. You get two super conferences and say, we're going to absorb all the call. And they should. They should absorb all of the quality athletes in those. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be anybody that goes to Texas Tech in that world if the SEC and the Big Ten are the two of the super conferences. That's a detriment to that player, and that's a detriment to the sport. You don't want to see a guy who could win the Heisman Trophy playing in Division Two. That doesn't make any sense. And so... Yeah, we, we probably should, and for call, for player safety, have more people on the roster. Did anybody catch what Chris Del Conte said the other day about next season being an eight-game uh, conference schedule for the SEC? Because, mm-hmm. you know, Sankey originally said the first year they're doing eight games and they were going to talk about doing a ninth, but it, yeah, but they hadn't decided. And it, this was a one-year trial period, essentially. But Chris Del Conte, the Texas athletic director, in an interview said the other day, that next season was going to be an eight game, also, hmm. and it sounded like it had more to do with um, ESPN not wanting to put more money towards next season for the SEC coverage. So that would be the big reason to not add a ninth game because they wouldn't be getting paid anything extra for it. Hmm. But it would make more sense to me to do it on a two year basis because then you flip the schedules. Right. As opposed to do it eight this year and then go into a permanent nine next season. You can just do eight this year, eight next year, and you flip everybody's schedule so you get to see every team over that two-year period. Yeah, that does make sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what, what, do, what would you guys prefer um, kind of at first glance, a nine or an eight? I like the nine without the given late-season cupcake for everybody. I like it. I mean, I'd crap. Is it? Take or does that stay and you lose uh, quality non-con? Yeah, or or that. I mean, I I like that. I think it. I think it just further um, validates the league. I mean, in terms of of who you have as your front runners, right? Like, let so me take go the other side of that. Yeah, because if you if your conference isn't really playing anybody but middle of the road teams from other conferences, then oh. whoop de do you won eight games in your conference. I have nothing to compare it to. Yeah, and that's true, but the SEC's been doing that, and they've been succeeding with it even still, so I don't think it matters. Uh, I, I I, do think that, I don't know, I, I like the nine, but I could see it working either way in terms of either you're respected or you're not respected, and it doesn't really matter if you've got the track record to show it. If you, only, if you play nine, you say, we played nine SEC games, um, then it really hinges on how much respect the SEC has, and especially for the teams that make much the... respect. Yeah. It's probably going to be really good for them. You could you could then open it up to play either cupcakes or really good teams. Either way, I don't want to see it replace the uh, the the good non conference game. I, for me, though, I want each season to be its complete own season. I don't want any reputation from the year before or the decade before to influence this, the seedings or the where everyone's giant perception. Yeah. That, like that's, I, I want on the field, that's but I'm not, not on the field. It's going to happen. But it, it, happen. it is because, I mean, it's, yeah, those are things. Well, if you're going with that, going into this season, people should have no respect for OU going into this last season we just played because we went six and seven the year before. So at that point, you're like, why Why would anybody have any respect for OU in a crappy down conference such as the Big 12 going into this last yeah, I mean, I'm just played? I, I don't know. I think it's important for leagues to play other leagues in good games, big games. 
I think whether it's correct to draw a comparison or not from Texas going and beating in Michigan this next year or or not, I think it's important that those games have to be played because you have to base it off of something. Yeah, I mean, that's desirable. If, if you but... just Because even for OU, I'll, I'll even say OU this next year, we don't play anyone very good at non-con. Right. Houston's okay. Right. Tulane's okay. Right. You can't really gauge anything from that. Right. Now, if we win a bunch of SEC games, we're going to pump our chest. But you st- you don't you don't really know if how good you are, especially if the teams well, you beat up that, didn't play anybody either. Well, I, I would I would argue though in that case, like so, what Arkansas plays Iowa that doesn't tell anybody anything. But if you're looking within the conference and you say, if with a nine game schedule, you're not going to have this world where I don't. I'm, gonna invent one i don't know if this is what it is but who has not played each other in forever uh alabama georgia you know all these regular season all these regular season matchups that never happen like at some point that that should diminish your your standing as a conference but if you have a nine game schedule that's going to make it where that's not possible you're always going to rotate through and play everybody and you yeah. can get an opportunity to go play a, i mean you could go like we could go be playing a, a Florida team this year that we're not playing in a ninth game as opposed to I don't have to use Maine as an example, but like as a Tulane, yeah. Tulane, yeah, you know. Well, I guess my argument isn't so much against the eight, eight or nine, as much as it is whatever your non-con is. I hope people still play quality. legitimate quality non-con. Yeah, I do. Too. Which is why I would say I, I, just, I hope the ninth game doesn't replace the one good yeah you replace the cupcake i think you should replace the cupcake and like it and that one replacing one cupcake leaves two cupcakes and you should be playing a and even just as a fan decent just just to have banter just like what we said earlier or whatever our conference is better than you just that's you gotta have a way to compare it like yeah that's exactly my thinking you have to bag on the big 10 somehow right to to win i mean how enjoyable is it i mean we we've suffered through years of as ticket holders when we had extra tickets Trying to sell the extra ticket when you're playing nobody state on the non-conference schedule, much less your conference schedule sucks. You've got to have some big name matchups, or it's just not interesting to fans. And no one's coming to you know not not only is no one coming to watch it, no one's watching it on TV. Right, you're just some no one cares afterthought. Yeah, and you don't get the respect even if you play well in those games and you right. look good. There's no we've experienced it. There's no respect given. If you yeah. did get a super league with just the two conferences, let's say. A twenty-team Big Ten and a twenty-team SEC. Let's say, would you rotate your out-of-conference? You know, like they're still their own conferences, but they're in a Super League. Would you have a rotation of a tw- like a twenty-year rotation where you see every one of those teams? Oh, I'd love that once over a twenty-year period. Uh, you know, I'd love that, but then again, it'd kind of be nice to not necessarily see them all. Like, I don't really care if we ever play Maryland. No, but Maryland might not be in the, the, the Super League. Okay, well, okay, yeah. So if if it's truly twenty and twenty, yeah, yeah that would be pretty cool. But, but in that scenario, you would, if you're playing, if you kept it to eight in your league, you would play four out of conference. So you'd play four Big Ten games. That's what I was to say. If you if you out of, so you would so play, play yeah. every four years or every yeah. five years, every five. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. You you just rotate. Yeah. If it's a Super League format. Then yeah, you you pick four teams from the opposite conference. They pick four teams from your conference, and it is it's a every five it's, years. It's interleague. Through. It's interleague play for, yeah. for college football. Yeah, that'd be 
That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Be awesome. At that point, yeah, though, at that point, just yeah, go, just go to Michigan. Just go additional. You're going to Michigan. Yeah. And Michigan's coming here. You're going to Ohio State. Ohio State's coming. And, and you might actually take 10 years to do it because you might do the home and home. Right. And so you actually don't, you, you keep the same four for two years and then the next four for the two. Yeah. That'd be. Kind of yeah. like the old Big 12 North and South. You could do it that yeah. way if you wanted yeah. to. That would be pretty good. Do a home and home back to back seasons. But That'd then be you can see them for five years. That'd be awesome. It'd be incredible. It'd be, That'd be very incredible. I would. Now, I, that, I, that, can we day. pitch that to the Saudis? We've we got to get the Saudis involved. We'd have, they're going to have to buy out Vanderbilt and and a few other teams in the in the Big Ten and get them out of Maryland there. and Rutgers, Northwest Illinois, and and that's Northwest. Let these people know that they're just not that good at, at football. Hey, it should be, you know, hey, we can get into relegation and the whole bit. We could get there, but no, that's that's a neat that's a neat concept. Let's let's touch on a couple other things before we sign off. So I guess Todd Bates is getting a raise. A deserved raise, yeah. Deserved I would, raise, I would yeah. think. Yeah, I didn't see the actual numbers. Did everybody get a raise? Then hmm? everybody. Yeah, but I think he's getting an additional one. Yeah, because he, he's trying to get poached. Yeah, he's getting a little something. Yeah, I think it was like nine hundred thousand uh, or something like that uh, per year. It's kind of interesting to see how this has played out with with uh, the the coaches that have been that have left that um, have been allowed to leave, if you will. Um, encouraged to leave whatever it is and and so then you've got these other coaches that we're obviously protecting a lot the new coaches coming on we got Zach um, as defensive coordinator or whatever he's going to be um, you it's it's kind of interesting they're kind of coming into their own he's definitely making it his own uh, coaching staff BV is so a little bit of injury news um, so Lacey is gonna have to hang it up. He's not Jacob Lacey hanging it up. Yeah, it's sad. That's it's a unfortunate person. sad thing. And he was. It's not just sad because it's sad for him and his health, but he was gonna start. <laughs> like yeah. he's gonna be one of our starting mm-hmm. <laughs> interior defensive linemen. So sorry for so, him. That's awful. But yeah, it sucks. But really wishing him all the best. Seems like they have his lot here. Yeah. So we've got. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of the the don't hear anything, don't know anything, and then you hear these little injury news. It's nobody's nobody's reporting. I guess there was a little bit of uh, how much some guys are lifting weights and stuff, so you get that. But otherwise, it's just like, this guy's going to miss spring, this guy's going to... Yeah, you got Gentry You got Gentry missing spring. Uh, looks like DeSalon had a knee scope. He'll be back for, for spring practice, and then uh, there was one more, right? Yeah. Uh, or no, I guess we were just talking about Harrington and not yo, getting Harrington, cleared. We didn't, yeah, Harrington. Uh, not getting yeah. officially cleared by the NCAA yet to come back. Yeah. It sounds like it's imminent. I mean, surely it's imminent. It yeah. just seems team, team seems to think it's imminent. Why Why don't they just, like, what does it take? Just come on. Just NCAA, do it. Just yeah. do your thing. Please it's do the paperwork. It's paperwork. That's all it is. It's very frustrating. I mean, at this point, you just play him and expect the NCAA to not do anything at that point. I would. I would. It may not be around by the time the season ends. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they may, they may not have, exist. They have may, may even have less power than they already do. That entity may be dissolved. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That could be. Um, you just need to ask Sankey what he thinks. <laughs> he's he's the power broker. Got a special teams coach. <laughs> yeah, from San Diego State. That's yeah. right. That's very positive. Ranked top ten in the nation in three years in a row. That's pretty awesome. So, so that's uh, we freaking need it. Yes, we do. We, we need, need it. Maybe, we just need somebody with a brain. If you can coach up Rook to not there. fumble the ball in kickoffs, that'd be cool. Yeah, just just when to run, when not to run. How to? I mean, just basic strategic stuff. I don't. You don't. Gavin Freeman teach him how to wave his arm. Yeah, please. Uh, well, and maybe not even put him back there. Yeah, I don't know. If I don't know. If, I mean, I hope not. I don't know if he'll be back there. I, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking after 
don't know if he's all last season. If Venables is like, hey, like, did we waste a scholarship? My waste of the scholarship. Yeah. I don't know if he's that bad. I just don't know if he's there's not no, if you very want him, good. I just don't know if you want him from what we saw. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he may be able to utilize him, but he's definitely not that guy in in a punt return situation. That is, it doesn't seem. I mean, two things can happen here with, with this new coach. He either can scheme up blocking and returns in a way that opens our eyes and go, wow, look at Gavin Freeman go. Or two, he realizes, and he's not going to just make a decision in August and stick with it all the way through December, that this guy isn't the guy. He's not going to be in this position, and he'll make a decision to move a guy and and replace him. Even if he replaces him with someone who he replaces again in October, to realize decisions you make in August and a guy that looks really good in fall camp may not necessarily be your best punt returner. Yeah, that was the strangest part of it last year. I mean, once you muff it a couple of times, you you just have to put somebody else. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, maybe they're so bad in practice, they're just like... But we knew Drake Stoops wasn't, though. He could have Yeah, just catch the ball. Just catch the ball. Yeah, even if it's just, just catch the ball. ball. And if so even it's like you're not going to run hate about Lincoln Riley because Lincoln Riley was like just catch the ball, yeah. right? But and if it's not that, you know, one, it could just be a catch the ball guy that you don't even expect to run, or it could be, well, why don't we just rush eleven? Why don't we block? Why are we, why are we even putting a guy back there? Well, How, we, could did we block I mean, any punts last year? A yeah, Peyton, well, yeah. I do Peyton, Peyton Bowen. That, Bowen. That's yeah. my yeah, first Bowen, suggestion. Right. Is put Peyton Bowen permanently on the punt block team. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, but he could also be a punt return. If you're rushing eleven, I know I don't want any punt return. I know you're going to give up yardage a lot, but. Then again, they're not going to get a very quality punt off. Right. You're going to one. You're going to. Well, get they're not getting the ball back. That, 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 that are stupid. That's number yeah. one. They're not yeah, going to get yeah. the ball back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to fumble it. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to have it bounce into you in some weird, you know, uh, like in the Super Bowl. all the time. Um, so still the second dumbest rule in sports. You, you get a team that if if that's the case of where you never put anybody back, you always rush eleven. That you just get that rugby style kicker. That he just kicks it just over to, the to defensive roll. line and it just tries to roll it as far as it can. Might. Well, probably, but how far could he necessarily get it different than what they're doing anyway? I'm not saying it's necessarily a strategy I want to employ. It is not like I, I, know, I, I wanted. I mean, if you're a lot of twenty, you could kick it to the other twenty. Pretty There'd easy. be a lot of hit yeah. yardage loss, but they're kicking it that far anyway, for the most part. I don't think you could not have a return. I definitely think it's probably something that, if it was used, would pro- would pretty quickly be like, well, why have we not been? Why have other yeah. teams not been doing yeah. this? I truly, I mean, work, like, I think, I think, I think people can scheme for it, like punters and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But like for the first while that it's out, it's like a new office, it's like a wildcat running. Like, oh my gosh, like what is this? And people are just punting the ball, and you get punts that bounce backwards. Well, think about all this stuff that protection, like. Everybody uses that right. same pump protection now that they didn't use to, mm-hmm. uh, and then the wild, you know, the wildcat became big for a while until they figured out how to stop it. Yeah, well, if you put seven happen, skill guys out there and a couple big guys, like, well, it depends on who you're going against too. Because if you're going against again someone who's a really good special teams coach or just a really good coaching staff, they're going to say, "Hey, listen, kick the ball," because everybody else is going to take their requisite three steps and it's going to get blocked every single. Time. Or you just start faking it because you're coming every time. Yeah, and, and then they don't, and then they don't know what to do, and yeah. they, and, they, and they don't get a quality punt off because they're just you know catch kick. So I, no, I'm saying that they start faking the the punts. Oh, well, then because you just, you're blitzing you're just going to protect. I'm not saying you rush eleven. Right. I'm saying you have eleven on the line. Right. Yeah, you definitely don't expose yourself to yeah 
But it, it, again, over the you're not relying on the punt returner to stop someone who is faking a punt yeah. <laughs> at the same time. It's not something I'm advocating the way what? I am advocating. You just get the one that can catch it and return it. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Out of the 100 guys, I, I like that a lot. You have 100 of the best players in the country and just find one that I'm can with catch you. the football. Well, I was trying to say, I'm not going to advocate for it the way I am going to advocate for it. I like the idea you always onside kick. And that's a conversation for another offseason pod, but that is a scheme that Lucas and I came up with that I think is actually something that could be killer in this game if we'd actually figure out how to use it. But um, anything else to cover before we sign off? I'll, I'll go on the the, the fourth down pooch uh, kit punt is... is- I don't superpower. I don't know why you would never. I don't know why you do it every time. Well, we yeah. saw it. Yeah. Jackson, yeah. Jackson did it, right? Yeah, but I don't, every time Gabriel did it. Gabriel like, did it. Gabriel did. It. Line up, see what their scheme is. You have an option A. We're going to run the play. B. We're going to. I mean, from the fifty, from yeah. the fifty on. Yeah, absolutely. Leave your quarterback out there and just yeah, pooch it. There's Oddly, no reason not. To. Yeah. Well, especially when you see punters. And if they start kicking it in the end zone, we're so repeatedly. And if they start putting a safety like extra deep so that he's kind of a tweener, or we're just going for it it then. Exactly. That's the read. Yeah. It just makes. Go out there and read it. Too much sense to not. I love it. I love that idea. That's that's another. We'll have to do a whole pod on uh, uh, hot takes that we think. Hot take schemes. Hot hot take schemes. I like that. All right. Obligatory. uh, Man, we're lucky. Jet Levy's gone. (laughs) Good season. We're lucky for that. Um, unlucky for Toby Keith. Uh, yeah, rest his family, rest his peace. And um, I don't know if there's there's anything else to cover. And, and, and we, some... we covered our Bedlam Saturday last week. We had uh, women kick the crap. Yeah, in basketball out of OSU. Mm-hmm. Men had the final shot to win the game. Beat yep. OSU. Hockey team beat OSU. Nice. I don't know. That. I don't know that. It was all. it was just a full on bedlam ass whooping day. Shout out nice. women's basketball winning the uh, yeah, the, the Big Twelve title second year uh, against the the great Texas yeah. women's yeah. basketball team. That's awesome. Um, another late late winner. I think so. That's beautiful. That's that, that was that was that's awesome to see. Um, love it. Softball's rolling. Uh, New stadium opens tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Even though he said there's not going to have, it's not ready, but they're still going to play. It does not look. We're going to have to take BP at the old stadium. Yeah, it does not look. Shuttle them over to the new stadium. That's going to be an event. They said it's going to be like middle of April before it's like full on ready. That's just crazy. But it'll be hype tomorrow. There'll be a bunch of people down there. Oh, there'll be yeah. Scoreboard looks sick. Scoreboard's awesome. Oklahoma shaped scoreboard with the uh, score line in the in the panhandle. Be cool. Box score. So. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, very we'll good back, stuff. We'll be back soon. Yep, we'll be back soon. A couple of weeks, and before we know it, spring ball will have started, and we'll be deep. We're like that. we're like a month out from the spring game. A uh, month and a, a month and a week out from the uh, month no, and two no. weeks. April twentieth. April twentieth. Okay, yeah. so a month and three weeks. Bad day for a spring game. Bad day. Yep. Why? It's a record store day. One day. Record store day. Four twenty. Still do that. Four twenty is another type of day that I'm familiar with. So <laughs> I mean, that stadium's gonna be lit. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be a jamming. Right, <laughs> jamming, man. Well, until then, Boomer. Sooner. Sooner.